Hey everybody, this is Warren Sharp, NFL analyst over at Sharp Football Analysis. I want to welcome you to the Ringer Gambling Show. Join me on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays each week during the NFL season with guests Chris Vernon, Ben Solak, and Joe House to guide you through the NFL betting landscape. We'll be talking spreads, game totals, parlays, player props, futures, and much, much more. Be sure to follow the Ringer Gambling Show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz. I am joined by Danny Kelly and Craig Horlbeck. We are going to be coming to you every Sunday night to be giving out awards. This is immediately after the afternoon games have ended, so Sunday night football has not happened yet, and obviously Monday night either. So with the exception of those two games, we're going to be going out, giving out awards for all the awards that we have, all the, sorry, all the games from week one. We're just going to jump right into it. DK. Yo. Week one, all but two games are in the books. Who is your week one winner? <laughs> well, there's a lot of them, but I think the first one that comes to mind for me is Kyler Murray from the Cardinals. Just came in, and obviously there was a lot at stake, I think, with the Cardinals this year. K- Cliff Kingsbury experiment has been a thing we've been talking about all offseason. Uh, just hasn't really been what we expected or hoped that would it be um, the first couple seasons, and they came out and dropped 38 points on the Titans. I think that you know it's been really, really solid. Kyler Murray, five total touchdowns, 289 passing yards, four touchdowns, one pick. Um, He added five rushes for 20 yards and a touchdown on the ground. So, I don't know. I think, to me, just Kyler Murray coming in and just absolutely looking explosive, looking really good through the air. Um, Their offense looked more diverse and and creative. And to me, it was just all good things for that that squad. What did you think, Craig? Uh, Yeah, I you know, I we talked about Kyler Murray and, like, whether or not he was going to do like the running thing, like if we thought he would kind of slow it down, it looked like he wasn't going to. Like he, the first quarter, I think he had all of his rushing yards. You know, uh, he had that rushing touchdown at the end there of like the first quarter, he had like twenty yards. But it doesn't seem to matter. I don't know if it's just Tennessee's defense, but Kyler, um, you know, Kyler's back. Kyler's doing Kyler things. Was Cliff Kingsbury's play calling that much better, or does the Tennessee Titans defense just suck? That's actually my <laughs> question for DK. Is that yeah. I, part like? I still feel like Kyler looked incredible. I mean, he had that one play where he like rolled out and found Hopkins in the back of the end zone, but it still felt like pickup football, like that it's just two incredible athletic players doing stuff on their own more than it was like a cohesive plan. Is it just the Titans are bad, DK? I mean, that could be part of it for sure. But um, I mean, at the end of the day, 
it's tough to separate that all out. I think, you know, they can't pick their opponent this week. They looked really good. I think that's really promising. Um, if they would have stumbled out the gates, that would have been much more concerning. And so all things considered, I'm really, you know, I was just happy with how he looked. I think through through the games now, and, and we're just now before Sunday Night Football, so through all the afternoon games, he is the QB1 so far. So, uh, you know, hard to find. I, I, it's hard to complain about that. I'm not picking nits. Obviously, the, the defense does matter, but, I mean, what he did was really impressive, and I think it was an excellent, excellent start for them. That He went over He went over on his prop, by the way, uh, his passing yards. I think it was like 256 or something like that. So hit the over on that. Liked it. Unbelievable. The other winner, I, the other winner for this week that stands out is Jalen Hurts. Was unbelievable today. <laughs> I mean, the rushing floor is there. He had like seven carries for like sixty-two yards, but he also just looked good as a passer. I feel like there's all these qualifications when you talk about Hurts. It's like, well, he's not a good thrower. Two hundred sixty-four yards, three touchdowns, and the second touchdown he threw to, to Dallas Goddard. He fit it into this window that if Patrick Mahomes did it, or Justin Herbert did it, or Trevor Lawrence did it, we would be fawning over Jalen Hurts. Yeah, but Hertz does it, so no one talks about how he's a good passer. He was unbelievable today. He was, I, I just, I Hertz so impressed me, and I think answered a lot of questions about, I, quite frankly, how good he is. Yeah, I'm glad I bet on him for in some <laughs> fantasy leagues. Feeling pretty good, feeling validated right now for Jalen. Yeah, so through through the afternoon games, he's right now the QB five, 28 points in fantasy. Um, I mean, and that that touchdown play too, and I think this is kind of what made me so excited about him coming into the season is what he does to mitigate any issues they have on the front in in their offensive line. I, I know that their offensive line, I think, is going to be better this year than it was last year um, because they had so many injuries on the offensive line last year. But um, even when pressure comes through, and I think on that touchdown play, he broke the pocket, escaped pressure, and still found the guy, you know, found Goddard in the back of the end zone or whatever. And so... Um, I don't know, the, just the way that he can mitigate that issue and move and keep plays alive and things like that, I think is is just so going to be so key for that offense. Um, and, you know, obviously Devontae, uh, Devontae Smith looked really good. I think his first catch as a pro was a touchdown, which is just awesome. Um, you know, and so I don't know. I'm just I'm getting more excited about this Eagles offense. I I kind of I felt like I was almost overhyping them a little bit coming into the season. I was like putting too many eggs in the Jalen Hurst basket, but um so far, so good with what he was able to do. And I think, you know, they're going to definitely, this is the same deal with like the Kyler question. They're going to face better defenses down the stretch. So, you know, let's not get too ahead of ourselves, but he looked really solid. And, and Heifetz, like you said, the passing was crisp. It was, it was, he was accurate. All that stuff is really promising because we knew he had that rushing floor, but being able to do that in the air yeah, is and really like, important too. I feel like he's the winner of the sigh of relief award. Like he, has like he gave out the most dopamine today for fantasy managers. Like he's in first place with like the people who are like holding their breath. Like he, everybody was the most nervous about him. Like it was such a risk taking like you know whatever round pick you did on him or spending as much as you did in an auction draft, and he like super paid off. And I, you're, you're feeling really good right now. He is number one on the list of guys you're feeling really good about after week one. Yeah, because there's always this worry in the back of your mind that he could get benched. You know, they traded for. Uh, they traded for what's his face from the Jags. I can't even. I'm blanking Minshew. on his name. Yeah, Minshew. And you know, there's always just that risk that a guy could like have such a bad passing performance that he just get benched. But yeah, really, really promising. I think, and it also showed too that like Nick Sirianni is just not like a donkey, and he's gonna be the way that they were doing their offense was you know conducive to like hurt skill set. I liked what they did with the running backs. Gainwell looked impressive. Um, you know, all that stuff I, th- I thought was just really promising. Again, the month when Jalen Hurts was the starter last year, he was the third quarterback in all fantasy. 
He was only behind Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Today, he was fifth quarterback. There's two games left, but he's fifth. But the guys ahead of one is Jared Goff, who nobody started. The other is Jameis Winston, who almost nobody started. So he basically <laughs> was the third quarterback anyway. So, I mean, again, Hurts is incredible. Craig, who's your winner for the week? It's the Bengals. Signs of life from Cincinnati. Really bad vibes in Love Cincinnati. It. All preseason, all training camp. Just nothing was going well. Burrow was like, I'm really nervous about my knee. And Jamar Chase was like, I don't like the football because it doesn't have stripes on it. And the <laughs> offense just seemed out of sorts. But today, they beat Minnesota in overtime. Burrow looked pretty sharp. I mean, like, he looked really stiff and he got sacked a lot. And the poor guy was, like, already limping around. This, I was already upset about Joe Burrow's career yeah. because you know he's just going to be like constantly hurt. He's like Ben Roethlisberger. He's just always like limping and hurt. <laughs> I feel like he's already got the knees of a 40-year-old. However, he looked really good. Jamar Chase looked good out of nowhere. Just sure, 100 yards and a touchdown. T. Higgins looked really solid. Yeah, Joe Mixon, I feel like, you know, this is probably the best week one he's had. And now this is finally Joe Mixon's season. You know, is it finally going to happen? Year three, year four for him. And uh, he had 150 yards and a touchdown. So yeah, I mean in PPR. So there's two games left in this on the slate, but in PPR right now he is the running back too. And this is, I think, the I guess like the allure of Mixon and why people had been excited about Mixon coming into the season the last couple seasons is be, is his usage and his upside is that like McCaffrey esque thing where they're using him all three downs. They're getting him involved in the passing game. He's good on the ground. He's explosive. All that stuff and. Um, you know, we're just seeing that 29 carries. I, if that's not the top this week, it's going to be close. Right now, it's the top. Number two I mean, they is Mark did play Ingram, five which quarters, is random essentially. as hell. Say it again? They did play five quarters, essentially, but still. That's true. I mean, he, in the <laughs> first point, four Craig. alone, he got a lot of touches. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, the losers helps. of the week. DK, who is your biggest yeah. loser for the week? All right, so, I mean, the first one that kind of comes to mind, I, it wasn't like he was the worst quarterback this week, but Ryan Tannehill from the Titans was kind of disappointing. It was very disappointing, in fact, just because, you know, there was all this talk of how much of an impact was Arthur Smith on his career resurgence, you know, because he came in to, he came to the Titans as a backup. He'd washed out of Miami. I don't think many people were super optimistic about him going forward. And then all of a sudden he turned into this top five, top three, depending on what stats you're looking at um, quarterback in the NFL in efficiency and all that good stuff. And, and Arthur Smith um, was clearly a big part of that. Now, I don't know how we can't necessarily say like Ryan Tannehill is turning back into a pumpkin because Arthur Smith is now gone. Um, but it was not a great start and it was not, encouraging um, what they were able to get from their offense based on, you know, like Julio Jones had a dud of a game. Um, they, they struggled to move the ball on the ground. It just, I don't know, none of it was good. He was sacked five times by, by Chandler Jones alone. He, sat, he was, took six sacks in the game. Um, he only averaged six yards per attempt on like, I think he threw like 30, 30 passes and only had like uh, 200 and something yards. So it was just, you know, really anemic offense. He just didn't look crisp. He didn't look solid. Um, disappointing. I feel like Adam Gase was sitting at home, sipping a glass of brandy, <laughs> being like, I tried to tell you guys, nobody believed me. Like, <laughs> it wasn't me, all right? It wasn't just me. Is Arthur Smith the anti, the, the bizarro uh, Adam Gase, where it's just like anytime people leave Adam, uh, Arthur Smith, they just do terrible? Who knows? Well, the Falcons look pretty bad, too. I don't oh think anyone God. won the whole Julio trade, yeah. and then Titans coordinator goes to Atlanta, Atlanta sends Julio. I don't think anyone won that whole swap. Uh, agreed. Yeah, that, that's probably right. I also, Julio, it's not just Tannehill, though. Like, you got Julio Jones in a game where they were down 24 to 6 at halftime, and theoretically, Tennessee should be throwing. Julio Jones had 
uh, what did he have? Like four catches? Three, for like, did three he even catches. have 30 yards? I don't think so. Here, I'm looking it up right now. Three he catches, 29 nice, yards. 29 yards in a game where Tennessee really should have been throwing for three quarters. And then Derrick Henry, exactly as Craig predicted, and like I feel like I, I avoiding Henry this year was a godsend because it was he went back to being regular Derrick Henry. He got like 16 carries, didn't even get 60 rushing yards. So in a game where Derrick Henry, it's a terrible script for him to be on the field, they're not going to run early, Derrick Henry did bad. But then Julio Jones didn't even do well. So it, just overall, this is like a really bad scenario for Tennessee. And their defense is so bad that it feels like they're going to have more of these. Yeah, I mean, we've said it before on the pod. Like, Derrick Henry averages 50 yards of rushing when he wins. And he averages 100 yards. Oh, I'm sorry. He averages 50 yards of rushing when they lose. And 100 when they win. <laughs> brutal. Craig. Absolutely brutal. While we're on Atlanta there for biggest loser... Yeah, you know, it's really tough. We're, we're, there's another award here called the Panic Button Award, and I'm going to combine this with the loser to talk about Atlanta because it was rough. They lost 32-6 to six to the Eagles. Uh, everything was bad. They got dominated across the board, but man, Matt Ryan, seven points. Mike Davis, eight points. Calvin Ridley, seven. Kyle Pitts, the greatest tight end of all time, four catches, 31 yards. Not a single person looked good. I think Calvin Ridley had like a 20-yard catch in the first play of the game, and I was like, oh, great. And the Falcons marched down and got a field goal, and I was like, oh, cool. They're going to be like the Falcons. And then it all went downhill from there. Panic button mode. Are you pressing the panic button? Is your finger hovering over it? Who among these four people are you the most panicked about? I would imagine Ridley is probably the one you're the least panicked about. All I want to say is that right. if I told you guys that, Cal that Mike Davis would outscore Calvin Ridley and Matt Ryan and... Kyle Pitts, what would you have said? I would have doubled the amount of money I spent on him in my draft. Yeah, say so give me some more context <laughs> on that. Give me some context. <laughs> Does it worry you, Heifetz? Because we oh talked about Mike Davis a ton this preseason and everything. Does it worry you that Cordero Cord Cord uh, Patterson had seven rushes for 54 yards and like was pretty solid and is clearly their RB2? Um, Cordero Patterson did yeah. look very good, 100%. I will not deny that. He looked fantastic. The one thing I'll say about Mike Davis is he got two carries like at the two yard line, I believe. And then he got another like target that if Matt Ryan had thrown a better pass, he would have scored a touchdown. So yeah, he had like 49 yards and what are you like three catches for 23, but he also almost had two touchdowns. So I, I maintain what I've been saying the entire off season. It's like, he is a two down back who gets goal line opportunities. I don't see why he's different than like Miles Sanders and Josh Jacobs and all the guys who are going. Yeah, was the, the usage I think was fine. What was the number we said that Kyle Pitts needed to hit for us not to be upset? It was like fifty six, or sixty six yards. Six for sixty. <laughs> we said sixty. Kyle Pitts ended up with um, he had eight targets, uh, thirty-one yards. Unfortunately, not bad. He had eight targets, but also because they were losing by a lot <laughs> the whole time. Anyway, it's his first game, but I, I think we're bearing the lead here. The biggest loser of the day was Aaron Rodgers. Like, there's no question <laughs> yeah. about this. I think Aaron Rodgers himself bad. would admit this. Other than maybe Taylor Luan, who gave up five sacks and then was like, thank you, Chandler Jones, for blowing me up and making me exposed. Aaron Rodgers, I, I think the Packers losing today, they lost 38-3 to to the Saints. I think it's one of the most astonishing losses I can remember. For context, the, Saint, the, the Saints beat the Packers today 38-3. to Last year, when the Denver Broncos had to play the Saints with Kendall Hinton, a freaking receiver at quarterback, the Saints beat them only 31 <laughs> to three. Hinton was shifty, though. It's like Rodgers got beat worse than Kendall Hinton and the Broncos. This is the lowest so, amount of points Rodgers has ever scored in his career as a starter that he didn't like leave the game injured in. And it's the worst fantasy performance of Rodgers' career. I mean, it's, it's up there with his worst like just foot he, he looked terrible like worst football performance of his career so other than maybe like his rookie year or whatever when he was just getting his feet wet but yeah i mean this was this was ugly i didn't i did not expect the saints defense to play this well against him um and 
I mean, I just expected a lot more from this offense. It just looked like they hadn't been practicing. The Packers game, it was kind of like a baseball game in that there's nuggets from it. Like baseball has like the most specific stats that you can pull. This Packers game was like a baseball game because there's all these weird little nuggets. One of which was Rodgers threw five interceptions last season, but there was a three throw stretch today where he had two picks. Bizarre. So I guess, do you, are you at all like, like, like what happened? <laughs> I I really don't know. Honestly, it's flabbergasting because they were the most efficient, one of the most efficient offenses last year. They um, just fired on all cylinders across the board. They were really good offense here before that too. Um, But I mean, like this is the reigning MVP. Like this is kind of crazy that this happened. I really don't know. How embarrassing is it that Rodgers did the whole, I, I wanted to be traded, get me to a new team. I might retire. Last dance, come back, and then this is how they begin. And Jordan Love throws for 70 yards on like seven throws. Denver's going to re- reject the trade now for Rodgers. and be like, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> we like Teddy. Other, other, uh, uh, Rodgers is the loser of the day, but another yeah. just honorable mention to Urban Meyer. Hell yeah, dude. Debut against the Texans, who we had all kind of agreed were probably the worst team in professional American sports. And they were down, I mean, they lost 37 to 21, which they, looks more respectable than it they was. Got their they were down ass 30 kicked. points. Yeah. Yeah. They got housed. Like Tyrod was moving the ball on Jacksonville. Here's the real question <laughs> If I told you that Urban Meyer, or like Urban Meyer leaves to go back to college football this season, mm. like the Bobby Petrino goes to take the USC job or something. What odds do you need to bet on that? How does that work contractually? Can he just do that? Like, wh- how does that work? Let's say the contract is not, let's say that he gets out of the contract and he's just like, I don't know. You just say the contract stuff works out. USC pays uh, for it. Or, if it was, I don't know, plus 800. Or let me put it another way. What is the date at which you think Urban Meyer will be back in college? Give me a date. Week like 10. an over or under. Week 10. Before, after. <laughs> 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 They're one and nine. Him and he's Lawrence get a heated argument at practice, and he's, he's out. retiring at halftime. If it's if I give you January third, twenty twenty two, would you take before or after? He's I back would in take. College? He's in college before that. Wow. Okay. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house, everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Moving on. Uh, Panic button. While we're in uh, panic button Jaguars, panic button Falcons. Brandon Ayuk, dude. This one was weird. This one was very weird. 49ers receiver did not play the in the Niners first series so of the game. Weird. Screw the Niners. Can we, yeah, can we just acknowledge the fact that Kyle Shanahan's kind of a weirdo when it comes to their skill players? West Coast Patriots kind of vibes. <laughs> they also, <laughs> dude, the Niners almost lost that game. At some point, yeah. like, as we're all, we're all like being like Shanahan's like the, the be all end all for offense and he he's amazing at it. They just blow a lot of leads, dude. At yeah. some point, the whole Falcons think that they he left on there. Like, at some point, we have to kind of be like, Shanahan just blows games that he needs to win. Like, the fact that this was even close is crazy. The weird motivational things, like, for instance, like, we talked about this earlier this morning. They they randomly just sit down, uh, Trey Sermon, uh, make him a healthy scratch. That's weird. 
And I'm not saying like the other guys look bad because they have good running backs, but I just think that's bizarre. And then then he comes back and Brandon Ayuk plays less, I think, fewer than half the snaps. And Trent Sherfield is playing ahead of him. Sounds like beat reporters are saying that Sherfield just straight up beat Ayuk out in camp. And I mean, I you know, I guess I on one hand I'm like, go for the competition. Like it's good for your team, foster competition. You don't give anybody a job or whatever. But I don't know. It's just bizarre that he he basically fell down the pecking order because he had a hamstring injury the last like week and a half, and it was, you know, sort of out of his control. And now he comes in and he's just in the doghouse. Like I don't know. It's just bizarre to me. Their offense looked fine though. I mean, at the end of the day, Debo Samuel looked awesome. Sherfield scored a touchdown. Yeah, Brandon Ayuk had uh, zero catches on zero targets, while Debo Samuel had nine catches for 189 yards. This was probably so the most shocking. Game. I think the most shocking surefire. This guy's going to be a good starter this year. He's going to be awesome. He had one of the most promising rookie seasons we've seen from uh, a receiver, rookie receiver in years, and now he's a backup. <laughs> so it's so weird. Let me ask you this. Do you <laughs> well, start him I, next week or no way? You got to wait and no, see. No, you now. have to wait. Yeah. You absolutely Jeez. have to wait, I think. While we're on the Niners, just let's touch on just there's a bunch of heartbreaking injuries this week, one of which Raheem Mostert. Oh, my God. So this could also have been a loser that we the loser of the week is everyone who started Raheem Mostert because, as you said, DK, Trey Sermon, the other running back for the Niners, is a healthy scratch. So it's like, holy cow, the Niners are going to romp over the Lions. They're going to run the entire second half. Mostert's going to crush it. Yeah. I started Mostert everywhere. I told everyone to start Mostert everywhere. I probably, if you're listening, you may have heard me tell you, start Raheem Mostert. First two carries, 20 yards, immediately injures his knee. And I'm like, wow, I'm an idiot. <laughs> Then the next two guys who come in, the only other uh. Niners running backs they got were, what is it, Elijah Mitchell and Michael Hasty. Immediately, like, Elijah Mitchell breaks off like a 70-yard run. They combine with like 100 yards, two touchdowns, and it's like, oh my God. Now, not only do you have Raheem Mostert and you're mad and you didn't get anything for him, and he's hurt, and we don't know the severity of the injury. Now we also have to deal with the 49ers running back carousel for the rest of the season. <laughs> it was a great signifier that fantasy football had begun, though. You know what I mean? Like, it's not fantasy football season unless Raheem Mostert's questionable to return with a knee injury. So that that it was yeah. some familiarity back in the world. I mean, yeah, this is this is something we talked about with Mostert all offseason, too, though. It's like he's so explosive. He's perfect for this offense. His skill set, the way he can explode to the sideline and get upfield, he just, like, annihilates uh, pursuit angles from defenders, all this stuff. He's so perfect for that scheme. But the reason he's not, he's never, he was never ranked any higher. And the reason, frankly, we had Sermon ranked higher this year, I think, because we just don't trust Moster to stay healthy. We just do not trust it. Now, obviously, the Sermon thing is a whole other story because no one expected him to just be a healthy scratch week one. Like, I think that is a shock to everyone. And it's Sunday at 8, 8 Eastern. We are going to check in. Um, like in our next episode on like why that happened. I, well, from what I heard from Shanahan, it was just he just wasn't as good as the other guys. Like Elijah Mitchell just beat him out. <laughs> cool, sweet, yeah. that's awesome. So I mean, just bizarre. And that's I mean I think part of that is number one, Shanahan's just weird. But number two, no one reported that during the during the preseason. No one even like hinted at that. I think over the last couple of weeks, so it just really did come out of come out of left field. But end of the day. This is just classic Moster because, you know, we love the talent. We love the fit. We love the scheme. We love this, this offense. But you just cannot trust him. You just can't trust him. Can't trust those knees. Speaking of trust issues, you shouldn't trust anyone because the, the world is a cold and lonely place. And, you know, <laughs> not saying it's connected, but Jerry Judy 
terrible ankle injury, carted off. We don't know if it's broken, but like yeah, this sucks. that was to me the worst part of the day. Wait, we do know if it's not broken, right? The results came back negative. There Did was we see yeah, it? there was one report that it came back negative. Tom he Pelicero has a high that, ankle sprain, according to this report. Yeah, so, high ankle sprain. Um, clearly, that's better than my initial fear was straight. Like he broke his ankle. It looked really bad. It was like. It almost looked like the DAC injury from last year on first watch. And so I'm really happy that it wasn't that serious if that's if the reports well, the are correct. Well, the weird thing about you saying that is, I think, I mean, I thought that too, but the weird thing is Logan Ryan, the Giants defensive back, that's who tackled DAC on that play. And he was like the second defender in there. Oh, it's weird. like Logan Ryan standing over Judy and DAC on both those plays. So that was kind of yeah. like freaky. Not that he did it on purpose or anything. It just it was a weird But I mean, at the end of the day, but, he's going to be out extended period of time. Oh, wow. you know, and the, and, yeah. Well, high ankle sprain is still a terrible injury i mean it like it's it's it ruined odell odell like three years ago had an ankle sprain and it just ruined his season michael thomas yep. had the ankle yep. sprain that i mean now has continued into this season and that happened what week one or week two last yeah, year i think yeah and it's safe uh, to probably consider judy unstartable uh, for the rest of the season wouldn't you say yeah, if he goes on IR and you get an IR spot, that's an IR spot. That's cool. Otherwise, you might need to drop him, depending on the severity. Obviously, we don't know. The I don't know if we can right say now. that he's he's done for the year. If he has a high ankle sprain, like I think maybe he could be out like six to eight weeks and come back. No, I mean, the whole yeah. point, don't don't. Though, I'm not saying sprain. drop him. Don't drop him. But yeah, this is it's not good. I mean, he's going to be out till. And he was playing really well. Like might we add? Right. Like he got he hurt in incredible. like the early third. He already had seventy two yards. The high he looks really good. Is that if you come back too soon? you can really mess it up. And so these are yeah. athletes, obviously they're competitive. They want to come back, but a lot of them come back too soon. Um, and it's, it's tough. I mean, it's, it's not good. It's sake one had the ankle sprain. Anyway, it sucks about Judy. We'll hopefully we get more information on that injury in the next couple of days. Also T Higgins got carted off, but apparently just needed an IV. So I think he's all right. That was, Oh, thank God. Um, yeah. Ryan Fitzpatrick injured his hip. Ian Rappaport from NFL network tweets believed to have suffered a hip subluxation. Oh, I know. Injury? you know, sublux. I, do you guys have any idea what know. that means? I, I do not know what great. that means. Subluxation? No. So I know. there you go. We'll find out more about that later. I, we don't know the severity, but hopefully he's all right. Cause obviously hip injuries are bad. I don't uh, think it's going it, to, it doesn't feel like it's a situation where he's going to be starting next week. So just looking forward, I would say, do you, does this mean you downgrade like McLaurin this season? Um, a guy like, yeah. uh, well, certainly Deami Brown, who didn't look good as, uh, in his first game. And then, I don't know, Antonio Gibson. Are we worried about, just generally speaking, this entire offense now? I think Gibson actually gets downgraded a little because Heineke's mobile. Heineke can run in balls. Like right. Heineke is, is, is probably just as much of a touchdown vulture as, like, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Mahomes. Mahomes stole a touchdown from Clyde today. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely right, it's let's not get, good. Fantasy Jealousy Award. You watch week one, and there are some guys where you're just like, oh my God, why didn't I draft <laughs> that guy? Uh, for me, it was just TJ Hawkinson. Like, I loved Hawkinson, and I feel like every draft I had, he got sniped from me. And as I watched him, I literally was like, he is baby George Kittle. And I cannot believe I did not have more TJ Hawkinson in my leagues, which was the long hair. The long hair plays. He looks long good. Hair, yeah, it's just he's, the long he's hair like, plays. It's like Kittle's little brother. Do you guys have anyone? DK, do you have someone like that where you're just like, how do I not have? Yeah. So at week one, one reaction I had was, man, I wish I had drafted more Corey Davis because he looked really good, explosive out there. He was uh, clearly the number one target for uh, Zach Zach Wilson. And you know, I was coming into the game thinking like, oh, Elijah Moore, he's going to take over. He's got so many good reviews from preseason. Elijah Moore was invisible in this game. It was Corey Davis. It was the Corey Davis show. 
he had seven targets, five catches, 97 yards, two touchdowns in his first game as a Jet. Um, obviously, that's very promising. But he just, like, I test too, it looked really good. And so um, I think he's a sneaky guy who could end up being a wide receiver too, and you could get him so cheap in, in drafts all summer. And I was just, I did, for whatever reason, someone either just took him right before I was going to take him or I just was not buying into the hype quite enough. You know, he's had such, um, he just sort of disappointing throughout the first four years of his career. And so, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just wish I had more Corey Davis because I think he's just going to be really solid all season. Yeah, mine is, I got two. It's it's once again, I do it every year. It's Travis Kelsey. I yet again did not draft him because I thought maybe this would be the year. It's super not. He had 76 yards and two touchdowns, a clutch touchdown. He was like screaming at the Kansas City crowd, like looks as better, as, as good as he's ever looked. Um, Correct the human Bernie Sanders meme where he's like, I am once again coming to tell you I wish I had drafted Travis Kelsey. Uh, yeah, so that's kind of perennially a disappointment in myself that I'd never pull the trigger. And then uh, Nick Chubb. Yeah. I always am out on Nick Chubb. And man, that guy just has 100 yards and a touchdown every single week. It doesn't matter who they play. He gets like 15 to 18 carries and it always equals 100 yards and a touchdown. <laughs> he looked great today. And uh, Heifetz and I are both out. We were not out, but you know, it's like, I'm always just lukewarm on Nick Chubb. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's his name. The whole I'm I'm always out on guys who don't catch passes like the Derrick Henrys. And uh, I'm usually wrong. <laughs> and I was wrong too. I wasn't out on Chubb. I love Nick Chubb. I just had to begrudgingly move him down because I think I originally had him way too high and you guys looked at me like I was nuts. Yeah. I freaking love Nick Chubb. All right. The most important part of the whole show yes. is burn book time. Yeah. Can I nominate somebody? You guys let me know what you think. Yeah. Yeah. I think... We don't need all three of us to agree, but I think we need all three of us to like understand, you know, like they have to allow it. Right. I'm going to nominate Raheem Mostert. I know it's rude. <laughs> wow. Because he hurt his knee. I rude. know it's rude because he hurt rude. his knee. But it happens so with often. Right like it's just so rude the way he does it. Like get hurt in the fourth. You know <laughs> oh, I mean? he's rude to you. I thought we were rude to him for. We're rude to him, but because he was rude to us. I don't know. This just happens every year now. It's just so annoying. We get all hyped on him every single time. Like, get hurt in the pregame or get hurt in the fourth. I'm joking. I don't actually, we don't want you to get hurt. But like, man. Right. I understand what so, you're saying. He's the most frustrating running back to have in the league. Well, so the fact that it happens like not even three carries into the season is because that's the entire book on Raheem Mostert is if he's healthy, he'll be great. Healthy for averaging 10 yards a carry. Here's a fun fact. Raheem Mostert, I believe, averages over six yards a carry for his career. And that's going up now because he averages 10 today. <laughs> like, well, and there's almost now, there's kind of two types of injury prone. There's the Mike Williams and the Raheem Mostert where they can't fit. They play a lot of games, but they can never finish them. And then there's the guys who just like pull their hammies and miss like five weeks at a time. Raheem, Raheem Mostert, though, it's the more frustrating kind where they're like, they can never finish the game. They're always like gutting it out to start. And like you read the Roto World Report and it's like Raheem Mostert going to give it a go today. And you're like, oh, okay, cool. And he leaves in the second quarter. I'd rather the guy who's just a DNP because he's like, no, you know what? I'm going to wait. Yeah. But Mike Williams and Raheem Mostert types, they don't do that. And it's more annoying. So I'm nominating him for the burn book. I think this is totally, it, it's an overreaction. I would say, but it, it's actually also fair because this is exactly, like I said before, this is exactly what we talked about all off season. It's just so good, so talented, so explosive, but he gets hurt and very frequently and it often just totally fucks you over. So does this mean you're just, if you have him on your team, you're just not starting him ever again? Is that the I, deal? I, I don't know. I need to see like a, like he needs like a passive physical. No, you can't not, you're not going to start Mostert again? 
if it if if the report is Mostert is gonna give it a go in week two, I honestly don't know if I would. Week two, that's fine. But if he does come back, like the whole, uh, it's so annoying because again, the guys who Im- replaced him just immediately just had hundred yards and two touchdowns. It's just infuriating, and also not to mention the fact that imagine if the Lions hadn't actually been able to come back and they would have gotten like another seventy rushing yards. Like the amount of anyway, times that God. you actually guess right and Mostert plays the entire game. Is that worth all the other times where you're wrong and he leaves halfway through? I don't know. I don't know. It, it's an infuriating problem. It is an infuriating problem, and that's why you're able to get him like, you know, 80th or 90th, because that's that's around the range where you're willing to take on that. Are headache. we allowing him to be in the book or no? I think I'll allow it. I think I'll allow it. Yeah, <laughs> we can put him in the burp. In the book. It is, it is it, yeah, it's upsetting. It's a, we can put him in the burp. Okay. It is it is upsetting. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore his seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Let's get to weird flex, but okay, <laughs> which is a guy who was a weird flex, but did pretty okay. Maybe better than okay. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes you got to toot your own horn. I'm just going to go a little toot toot okay. for Jamal Williams, mm. who outscored DeAndre Swift, but it's okay because Deke and I don't have to fight because DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams both had like more like, I think it was over 25 PPR points a piece. Yeah. Jamal Williams caught, what is it? Seven or eight passes. Got the touchdown. Got me the plus 250 Jamal Williams to score. Freaking love Jamal Williams. Right now, going into Sunday Night Football, they are the RB3 and RB4, respectively, in PPR. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like it's a win-win for us. Also, I'm going to just piggyback on this because I did not expect Jared Goff to score 28 fantasy points today. Oh, my God. Especially that was crazy. halfway through the game, it was looking very grim for this Lions offense. I Granted, some of this was... I mean, it felt like garbage time, but they ended up actually coming back and making this a game. They got an onside kick at the last, at the, you know, with under two minutes to go. It doinked off of George Kittle's uh, face mask. Like, it was just a crazy play, but um, they actually ended up making this game. Jared Goff made some nice throws. His touchdown throw late in the game to Cephas, I think, was really nice. And then he, um, he had he hit Cephas for a two pointer two point conversion later in the like the next play or whatever. I don't know. He looked pretty solid to me, especially in the second half. In the first half, he looked awful. I don't know how. Uh, yeah, repeatable. yeah, I was gonna say like once once they were down thirty points. Yeah, he looked. <laughs> I was gonna great. say he this. That I, one I was gonna pick, say this. I was like, oh. This is not, I don't think this is repeatable, and it's not something that you're gonna want to hang your hat on like Jared Goff QB one. But I just want to throw it out there and give him props because down thirty, he was solid. He looks he looked. Pretty good. I mean, 28 points. Maybe the the Lions quarterback job is like the shining hotel where like 
like you just become Stafford when you're there. Like Jared yeah. Goff, that was a very Stafford game where you're down a lot. You have a huge fourth quarter. Like maybe Jared Goff will now just be Detroit Stafford. <laughs> and everyone like becomes Detroit Stafford when you show up to that team. Yeah, I really like this. That was good. Did you just come up with that? that was pretty, I did, yeah. That was pretty good. Wow. All right. Well, you earned it. Do you have, do you have another weird flex, but okay, Craig? Because yeah, oh, This is a toot-toot as well. Maybe this category is really just toot-toot. Like, <laughs> just toot-toot. Tooting your own horn. <laughs> our own horns. Just toot-toot. Uh, kind of weird. I just wanted yeah. to call out everybody who says that Mike Williams isn't good because he was great today. Just at me. Don't catches. say everyone. It was me. I said Mike Williams wasn't good. Well, no. I said it's not that he wasn't good. It's that he's an infuriating fantasy player. People, people have come at me. I don't think Bill was into Mike Williams. No one's into Mike Williams. Everybody makes fun of me about Mike Williams. Eight catches, 82 yards. 12 targets, caught a touchdown, almost caught a second. He's legit. I love Mike Williams. Herbert looks fantastic. Mike Williams Herbert is the looks fantastic. Guy. His like, stats don't reflect how good he played. Mike Williams is the fantasy version of the, I know there's issues, but like I can fix him because you've never tried before. And like, this is just him luring you in and you will have this game in your head the entire season and it will justify all the weeks to get you two and a half points. But that this is it. This is, he lures you in. This is... This is the Deshaun Jackson siren song, twenty-five point game before he gets all all those like one catch for nineteen-yard performances in the future. He had twelve targets. You think that's that's fraudulent? Yeah, a little. Okay, we'll see. <laughs> I kind of do. All right. Oh, this is. I, I guess we actually did this category already. I guess they just kind of started. But it's players we don't want to acknowledge are actually good fantasy players. Award. <laughs> I think I just let it off with Mike Williams. Do you guys have anyone? Yeah, this is actually a good pivot from the tooting your own horn section. I, I want to add that real quick. Juwan Johnson, baby. Two touchdowns. Oh, yeah. You go and toot, DK. The if Juwan we're going to toot our own horns. Two touchdowns. Now, incredible. the opposite of this category would be players were like, damn it, they were much, much better Shit. than we were expecting or hoping. Melvin Gordon for the Broncos, to me, was uh, a little too explosive, a little too spry looking for my... Why, because he had a 70-yard touchdown in the game? Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> yeah, like... You know what I mean? I'm I can't I came into the season thinking, oh, he's dust, he's old, he's like they played him in the final preseason game. They don't care what he's you know gonna do this year. It's all about Javante. He's a very solid part of this offense. He still looks pretty good. I think it's gonna be a thorn in Javante's side. Um, so this is definitely worrisome, and I acknowledge that I should have probably been more aware of this. Javante Williams did outrush him in terms of attempts he it was 14 to 11 but melvin gordon busted out that one big run scored a touchdown um was involved in the passing game so yeah i mean it's it's discouraging for javante williams truthers like me well the one thing i'll say though is the giants defense the giants defense is good and the giants defensive line is is good yeah uh i don't know what the opposite of a toot is because backwards is also toot but i just want to (laughs) say i I want to apologize because i said the giants offense would be really bad even if Saquon was in and they, they just wouldn't perform well. I didn't believe in Daniel Jones, and um, I was wrong. Oh, wait, no. The Giants absolutely suck. They're the worst okay. freaking team. <laughs> Thanks, I, I actually Ivis. think they were the worst team I watched today, and that's I don't think it's biased. So, sorry. Yeah, the Giants are awful. Craig? The, the yeah. first quarter Steelers were really close with the Giants. <laughs> I was like, oh, they're the worst team of all time. And then they kind of got a little bit better. Are you, just, yeah. are, you, are you trying to compare the Giants to the Steelers who just beat the Bills today? And held them no, to like 10 no. points or whatever. First quarter, though, I was pretty How the hell did the Steelers win that game? Dude, their D-line <laughs> destroyed. Dude, can I just, wait, I, I, we were going to keep going with this category, but can I just quickly tell you what the worst part of my day was? Like, not other than like Judy getting hurt and actual people's health, but like the worst part of my day was when the Giants decided it was like 27 to like seven, I think. And there was one second on the clock and the Giants with the five yard line. 
and they decided they were going to just try to score a touchdown yeah. to just lose by, I don't know, 13 instead of like 20. <laughs> and they go drop back, and Daniel Jones has nobody open. They get the time's expired. Like the game is, they're down by 20 points with one second left. Daniel Jones has no one open, and he just like screw it, and he runs in. Runs yeah. in for the touchdown. And there's zero time left. They're down by 14 points. And then the Fox graphic pops up with touchdown, Daniel Jones. <laughs> and he's like the cartoon Daniel Jones so is sad. looking at the real Daniel Jones. And I was like, what is my fucking life? It's like, this is Daniel Jones's 10th rushing touchdown <laughs> of his career. Unbelievable. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Speaking of play. You were right. You were right. Saquon, rough, rough start. Very rough start for Saquon. So yeah, props for that. That's you a new did, category. Hyphen right. events about the Giants' loss. Also, I want to point out my hot take on Ronald Jones was terrible. Your hot take on Josh Allen, maybe, maybe is actually working out here. You're, so, for people that don't remember, we did a hot take episode. My hot take it was is a take that purge. Ronald we got all our take the take purge. purge. The take purge. My cleansed bad. ourselves of the things. And we yours was that Josh Allen is going to go back to sucking, <laughs> which yeah. was probably the most out there one of the entire group. And I mean, he just, he didn't look great today. He didn't look great against a good defense, great. but it was weird weather. The defense was really good. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, uh, it was didn't the, great. It was uh, the player that I don't want to acknowledge is a good fantasy player is Brandon Cooks. Yeah. Oh my Who, God. I'm in everybody that just was like, we're somebody no, called passes in Houston. <laughs> you know, 132 <laughs> yards. Brandon Cook is going to have 1300 yards and be on the waiver wire the entire year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Somebody's oh, got to catch passes in Houston. Who knew? Okay. Uh, one bad beat. If you were playing either with or for De Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook, one pretty crazy moment was Justin Jefferson was tackled at the one yard line, but like it was a touchdown. How did they not rule this a touchdown? In fact, they moved weird. him back a yard. I like, don't it understand. It was a touchdown. This. Yeah. And they reviewed it and they put him at the one yard line. And Dalvin Cook just scored on the next play. Yeah. So that if you're was in a matchup and you have Jefferson or Je <laughs> like, like Jefferson should have had six more points, Dalvin Cook should not have had that touchdown. I, I, I don't maintain know how that, that I will maintain forever that was bullshit. He was in. Oh my God. All right. Uh, yeah. And also, Daniel Jones is the bad quarterback league. Him running in that touchdown really sucks. <laughs> yeah, I forgot Brutal. the bad quarterback league. Yes, Daniel Jones screwed my whole line. He screwed up my freaking line up there, too. Oh my God. I, I just, I feel like an idiot every week I watch the Giants. Anyway, okay. I think that's all we got. That's the Real Fantasy Football Show. Check us out. We'll be coming to you again with waivers episode this week, power hour, power rankings, and then also we're going to give you more prop bets on Fridays. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Lorne. Lorne. Thank you, Nick Jonas. Oh, DK, contemporary, getting young. I feel like I maybe have said him already, well, but that's fine. Do you have a, Do you actually, can you name a Nick Jonas song? Mm, I don't know the names of songs very much. What's that one with Tove Lowe that he did, like So Close or Too Close? I think it's just Close. Close. There you go. Uh, he does that song, Jealous. The song's kind of good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think I like Nick Jonas better than the other Jonases. That's fair. I'd rather have Nick Jonas at quarterback than Daniel Jones. Daniel Jonas? Daniel Jonas. Yeah, that's, that's fine. Anyway, goodbye, everyone. Goodbye.